With a name like the Finals, you might think that what we're talking about today has something to do with the NBA. But in fact, it's a new first-person shooter video game, kind of in the vein of Fortnite, or Apex Legends, or Overwatch 2. And if you have a young gamer at home, you're going to want to keep listening. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, a few years ago, it seems like the cartoony Battle Royale shooter Fortnite was pretty much the only thing people were paying attention to in the realm of online video gaming. It's still around, of course. In fact, it's recently enjoyed something of a renaissance after making a series of really unpopular updates that alienated many players, which frankly, I only know because my (laughs) 17-year-old is now playing it again after taking a break for a while. Now, the finals has some similarities with Fortnite and those other games I mentioned a minute ago. So today we're going to talk about it and this whole genre as a whole, what players will find there, what the draw is, and what parents will want to consider carefully before letting your kids play or not. And in our second segment, Kristen Smith joins us to tell us all about a new musical artist who's making waves in the scene. Her name is Gracie Adams, and she's got a bit of a connection with Taylor Swift as well as Hollywood. Before we dig into those conversations today, just a reminder that The Plugged In Show is a production of Focus on the Family, and we're a donor-supported ministry. If you enjoy our conversations each week, and we certainly hope that you do, we would love it if you'd make a donation to help us keep bringing The Plugged In Show to you each week. And make sure you subscribe to Plugged In wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us too. Well, with no further ado, let's dive in. Joining me for our first segment today are Bob Hoos, Kennedy Unthank, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hey. Well, we're going to be talking about video games today, and so I wanted to ask you a very, very simple question. What was the last video game you played bob i'm gonna pick on you because you're our video game guy so i know that you have or yeah. at least should have a ready-made answer yeah here. well i've i'm actually working right now on a game called uh dawn of dusk and that's the oh, subtitle and paradox it's, uh, yeah paradox. it's uh it's an interesting little game that's sort of a throwback to earlier types of games in fact it looks a lot like an old rpg but it's not an rpg it's are there more vampires a, involved no, but there's all kinds of little creatures involved. It's uh, anyway. You didn't ask all that detail, but that's no, the no. one. That's the one I've been uh, been working on lately. Yeah, uh, for me. Well, I don't know if it counts, but a couple of nights ago, Olivia, my wife, uh, she and I played GeoGuessr. Wow. Uh, for what, what is that? Like an hour. Uh, basically, it's an online like on Google. Uh, you hop on there, and it puts you in a random spot in the world based on uh, the Google Maps kind of street view. Uh-huh. And then based on kind of going around on the road, you have to try and figure out where you are in the world. Oh. Um, yeah, that's, that's Do you have fun. to just get the city or do you have to be more precise than uh, that? You get more points the closer you are to the exact starting location. So it's, a, so it's an actual game? Yes. And is it set up by Google? Uh, I don't think so, no. Hmm. Um, if that doesn't count, though, I have been playing a single-player game called Tunic where you are this little fox kind of a... Legend of Zelda mixed with, I guess, Dark Souls kind of theme, where it's a very cute game. Zelda and Dark Souls. Yeah, it's a very we call cute it game. Dark Zelda. Yeah. Uh, that's based yeah. around collecting these uh, pages of, uh, you know, one of those old-fashioned kind of uh, gaming walkthrough 
oh yeah uh, books uh-huh so you go around the old world fashioned. and it yeah well it's old-fashioned game now. guides right game guides and you're going around the world you're collecting these things one page at a time that tell you not only how to play your character but new moves you can do how you might get through the next map and it's a very interesting and unique concept so and it's it, kind of the, meta it sounds like and then the dark souls kicks in and you die yes right? <laughs> okay yes. i got it jonathan pac-man asteroids <laughs> I can't believe you just said Pac-Man because literally, so I never play video games. And no, it wasn't in the 80s when I last played video games. Uh, actually, the last time I probably actually sat down like with someone who played video games was literally when my son was, you know, 18, which now he's 30. And uh, I remember like, you know, he would bring home like these zombie killing games and be like, Dad, try this out, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But no, literally the last game I played was, ready for it? Ready. Miss Pac-Man. I found, um, <laughs> I was in an old like restaurant that my wife and I went to while we were waiting. They had one of those table oh, yeah. Miss Pac-Mans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I want one of those, all right? That would be the greatest thing to have, like, you know, I don't know, in the middle of my living room. Right. Uh, no. Uh, but it was one of those table you ones where you can set your non-alcoholic beverage right on top. And <laughs> you're good, all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like Jesus would have done. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, uh, I, I, and it's cool because it's got the, like, the joystick on each side, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And... Um, and I played it and I did terrible. I think I only got to the pretzel, but I was pretty excited, <laughs> you know, to play not just Ms. Pac-Man, because you could kind of, you know, find some system that'll have it on there, you know, but this was like literally playing it on a table in a lobby yeah. of like this bar and grill. It was awesome. It's, it's awesome. interesting how those old arcade classics still hold up. They and, still and they're still up. fun, you know. Because they were from the 80s. Yeah, there you go. And it's all been downhill since then. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm just a cranky old man. So I'll give my That's answer. Right. Okay. Which actually Get off is, my lawn. is also from the 80s, kind of. So the glory of the smartphone is that everything that existed in the 80s, you can now find for your phone. Oh, now, your phone. the mm-hmm. controllers yeah. aren't as good. That's the one drawback. But yeah, um, yeah. the last thing I played is a game called Raiden which mm-hmm. is a vertical scroller where you get a jet that, you yeah. know, when you yeah. get the special power-ups, it gets, you know, you get really cool lasers and stuff. And, mm. uh, I mean, it's uh, it's very basic, but I'm a basic kind of guy when it comes to video games. Basic so, like Snake was on the old flip phone? No, it's not that basic, but, I mean, it's okay. it definitely has that you know, that 80s vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, okay. which, you know, for me is a feature. Not a bug. A plus. That's right. right. Exactly. Well, we are going to talk about video games today. And specifically, Bob, you recently reviewed a newer game called The Finals, which seriously, it sounds like it should be an NBA game. Uh, Tell us about it and especially what parents should be aware of when it comes to this T-rated game for kids. Yeah. Well, you know, you you mentioned Fortnite and some of those other games. as compared to Fortnite, it's more of a team-based game. You know, okay. Fortnite was was uh, initially about dropping like 100 people into this area. And right. then the, the area gets smaller and smaller as they battle, 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 and try to kill one another. Right. And until one is left and he's the champion. Right. Well, this one is a little different. It's, um, it's a more team-focused. Uh, there's a couple of different modes, but the one that most people will play is called Quick Cash. And the setting of the game is that the whole thing is on a TV show. 
and these teams are assigned to get go out there, grab this. It's like a theft game at the beginning. You have to grab this uh, this cachet of money, this vault, and then you take it back to a cash out point. And if the cash out point clock ticks all the way down, then you get credit for that cash. Okay, but in the meantime, all the other teams are trying to steal that vault from you. So it's an arena. So it's kind of like a really intense version of capture the flag. Yeah, it, exactly. Only capture you're carrying, the cash. You're yeah. carrying the flag around with you, <laughs> and everybody's trying to come and get it. In essence, yeah. that's the style of the of the. And game. do you shoot them? Yes. Yeah, it's a shooter. <laughs> it's an arena shooter, uh, as compared to the that big uh, battle royale sort of style. It's an arena shooter, but uh, everything in this world is destructible which hmm. means that you can be at the top of a high rise and the other team, if you've got your cash thing with you, the other team can literally Blow knock your the building, building down. You wow. know? And hmm. so uh, you've got a variety of different types of characters. You've got the very fast character and the teams are generally made up of these three types. You've got the very f- light, fast character who can leap high and run quickly, but is sort of fragile. Mm-hmm. You've got that medium weight um, character that tends to be the one who lays down turrets and heals people. Kind of jack of all trades. Yeah. And then you've got the large character, which is the big tank bull that uh, can knock down any wall. That sort of thing. But he's probably slow, right? Yes. He's much slower, much heavier. He can't leap. Mm. And so you've got to... I can relate to that. You've got to work... (laughs) You're definitely a tank. Definitely a tank. Uh, You've got to work together as a team, though. And that's the thing that really makes the game in a sense, fun, because you can't just... If you're one of those players who likes to just go out rogue style and do his thing, right? it doesn't work here. You run off on your own and your team loses, period. Hmm. You have to work together because it's so fast. Uh, this is one of those games where you have to think at lightning speed and act faster. And, and it's just bam, 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 bam. You're running like crazy. In fact, the, the third mode in this game is um, a tournament mode. And it essentially helps you find your place on a, on a leaderboard. Okay. Okay. But it is so difficult, I couldn't even attempt it. Wow. I mean, it is so difficult that if you're not a 14 year old hopped up on red bull forget it forget it not that we're recommending this. no not at all, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but but it's but that's the appeal of this game is that it is so quick and it is team focused and you're running around and you're battling um and not only that but the graphics are incredible and the uh and the game mechanics are really smooth okay it's one of those that just the gamers who are used to these kinds of games will find it so accessible. And is it a PC game, Bob? Yeah, well, it... Or do you, can you it, play it on other you can, consoles, too? You can play it on other consoles, too. Okay. Um, the great thing about it is that it... I don't know, it seems fresher. I know that seems weird, but when you're playing these kinds of shooters, there are so many of them, it has this fresh feel about it, and I think that's drawn a lot of new players. Okay. And isn't it similar to Fortnite in that it's free to play? Yes, that's that's the other thing that we need to mm. talk about. Yeah, it yeah. is quote unquote free, free. to play, right? And when, <laughs> and when we you, won't talk about how much money I've spent on Pokemon Go in the last six years. Yeah, yeah, but but in this one, you know, <laughs> free, what, free, and that's one of the drawbacks in a sense. I yeah. mean, you can play this game and it costs you nothing, and so parents might be going, oh. 
Well, there, there you go. That's the one. Because, you know, the kids can jump into it really quickly if they want to. Uh, this is T-rated, by the way. Um, and it's not messy and gory, but you get in there and you think, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And you realize, oh, wait. Got to pay for that. I got to sort of grind my way to earn in-game cash in order to get that great gun or that gear. And so it seems so much easier to just say, well... What's 10 or 20 bucks? Right. Let's plop it down. Or even 99 cents. Yeah. I mean, some mm-hmm. of these microtransactions, I think the the secret, you know, sauce here for manufacturers is, you know, when you're just spending not even a dollar, yeah. it doesn't feel like anything, right? Right. Well, and especially when it's digital, it really doesn't feel like anything. But and especially when it's but a, if you, a if kid you, with his mom's uh, credit right. card. But if you do it like anything, eight or ten times, and you do that a couple times a month, yeah. As my dad would say, pretty soon you're talking about real money. Real money, money. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, so let's talk about not only the finals, but just broadening it to talk about things in this genre, because obviously a lot of popular shooters. Uh, have an M rating. They're super gory. Right. You take one look at it and you say, "No way, my kid's playing this." Right. But all the ones that that I just mentioned, you know, Fortnite, Overwatch Two, right. Apex Legends, I believe they're all teen rated games. Right. And so parents might say, "Oh, you know, that makes it better." So my question for you guys is, in what ways are those teen rated games? perhaps not as problematic, but what do we still need to be thinking about with the genre as a whole in terms of the shooter aspect? Yeah, I think uh, immediately having at the teen rating without any you know spurts of blood or anything right. suddenly makes it feel a bit more like laser tag rather than you know warfare. Right, it's not Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the immediate benefits. However, uh, you still have to bring into account that a lot of times, I mean, they're using quote-unquote real guns here depictions of real guns so you say okay well is it actually like that i don't know Uh, i think one of the potential drawbacks on that is that you do get a lot of uh parents and kids like who look at a teen rated game and they say oh well it's probably you know it's probably going to be fine for my kid who's not even a teen yet Uh, oh that's a great point a lot of teens will play m-rated games yeah a lot of kids will play teen rated games uh and so you'll have a lot of people who even the game would say, hey, you're probably not old enough for this. Uh, they'll hop on because it it looks yep. cartoony right. or not as intense. Especially like the Overwatch 2 that you mentioned. Right. All the characters are really very broad and cartoonish. Yep. And yeah, the more it looks like it's a colorful cartoon, the more parents stop looking at ratings. Yeah. And, you know, I did some research in preparation for our conversation today. Other than Fortnite, I don't have firsthand experience with any of these games. But... You know, one of the things that you can do as a parent, if you're not familiar with these, is you can hop on YouTube and there's a zillion videos. Or if you're a really cool parent, you can hop on Twitch and watch people play, right? Um, and what I was surprised at is that that first thing, it has this cartoony kind of vibe to it, which I think contributes to the teen rating. Right. And then I'm watching, I'm like, this guy walks up to another guy and puts a gun up to his head and shoots him. I'm like, there may not be any blood and gore, yeah, but... That's we intense. just saw an execution style, you know, takedown. Yeah, sure. That yeah. I'm like, is this really better, Jonathan? Well, I was just going to say, I think parents, you know, sometimes are desperate for looking for something that they can say yes to to their kid. And the thing that's so hard is there's so many like 
terrible games out there, the Grand Theft Autos, all that kind of stuff, that you're like, oh, it finally a teen game, <laughs> you yeah. know? And when you see rated T, you're kind of like, oh, oh, well, goodness, you know? And I know when I'm looking for, like, stuff from my three-year-old grandson, like, to what he's on a Marvel kick right now, and when it comes to watching stuff, he's like, can I watch that? Can I watch that? And we're like... Uh, watching Spidey is the biggest thing right now. And Spidey and his amazing friends is, is pretty appropriate and I'll sit and watch it with him. But he sees like the regular Spider-Man movie where he's all, I want to see that. I want to see that. And sometimes you're like, eh, it's just PG. Should I let the three-year-old watch it? You know, and you're having like these debates. I think parents feel that. They really do. They're kind of like, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to let my kid watch, you know, I mean, play this terrible game, but maybe a teen game wouldn't be so bad. And, it's a lot of time to jump onto YouTube or Twitch and do that. So that's where it's very tough for parents. Guess what? Parenting takes time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bob, specifically with yeah. the finals, uh, in regards to the team play, yeah. so I'd assume there's team communication? Yes. I'm, I mean, let's face it. Um, with this game, it's crucial that you work as a team. And the only way you can do that is by listening to each other. Through like voice chat. And yeah. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that is so that's another potential problem area because, yeah. you know, I the, the game has a nice, smooth transition into inviting your friends in. OK. Which could make it easier. So right. if if you're mm -hmm. on a team and all you're hearing are your friends and, you know, they're not people who are swearing or, or you know, cussing in your ear. Right. That's one thing. But in many cases, or most cases, you're going to be doing, you're going to be sort of randomly teamed up with other people online that you don't know, and you don't know what their language is like. And, and, it, honestly, can, and it can get pretty messy. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's uh, probably what I'd imagine to be the biggest issue potentially is that, uh, I mean, with any shooter game in particular that requires team communication from Overwatch to the finals to Rainbow Six Siege to whatever it might be. Um, if you're not doing well, and in particular, if there's a big adult community, mm -hmm. and then you have, you know, your 14-year-old is hopping on too, and they get paired with these two adults who are playing, yeah. chances are your teen might not be as good as the one as oh, the yeah. two adults who are playing. And then they get cursed out by the adults. They get, uh, you know, they get belittled. They get made fun of. Or vice versa. The adults aren't as good as the team. <laughs> yes, right. abso yes. Absolutely. Well, and worse, I mean, I hate to bring it up, but this, you know, with Fortnite, predators love Fortnite because they know that young people were there and you're randomly, you know, uh, attached with other people there in conversation. And, and that's the one thing I hear more than anything else uh, after my parent workshop from parents is, is, you know, my kid was playing this game and before I knew it, I couldn't believe what this guy was talking to my kid about. And uh, whenever you're talking with strangers, that should be an immediate red flag for parents. You know, I mean, if you decide to let your kids watch this game, um, it's one of those things where, OK, who are you going to be playing with? You know, because if your kid, you know, I mean, think about it. 20 years ago, if your kid said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to the park and I'm going to play with who? Oh, with whoever's hanging out in the park. I'm just going to play with <laughs> this 45 year old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's there and, he, and he's really no, nice and he gives us candy. He drives a van, you know, and, and it's like now there's no candy, there's no van, but it's the same dude. So right. we just need to, you know, kind of be aware of that. You know, and we also, you mentioned earlier about because it looks more cartoony and, you know, like in the finals, if you get shot and you die, you burst into a, a rainbow of uh, 
gold coins. So it's not messy or gory, but there are elements that parents should consider in the fact that this game, the finals, for example, is all about death and theft and destruction. But how does that impact you? Well, there used to be, like years ago, uh, like 10, 15 years ago, they were doing all these studies Mm -hmm. uh, looking at whether or not playing a shooter would turn you into a more violent person? Will will it make you a shooter? Right. And they never could find any direct connections. Right. But what they did find through all these studies, they found a a number of medical things that were happening to you when you were playing these games, especially a game like the finals. You know, it's really fast, really violent, really, really, you're right on the edge of your seat, your muscles are knotted, you're you're playing it hard, you're trying to keep up with everything. Uh, And when you play that kind of world to excess, what it does is it it does impact you. It changes you. It it, it puts you in this in this kind of sort of crisis mode. Yeah. Well, it's fight or flight, right? Exactly. I mean, and your brain it's you, real to your brain. And, and and exactly. And there's a physical thing that happens where your brain sort of changes the blood flow. It shifts the blood right. flow away from the areas in your brain where you're thinking. Right. And it shifts it to the survival areas. Yep. Mm. And, and next thing you know, if you've, especially after extended periods of time, it has a negative impact on your nervous system. Well, and the other correlations they've found, and of course, whenever you look at studies of anything, it's virtually impossible to prove causation. Right. And like you said, there are lots of people who've asked the question, are these violent video games going to turn my kids into a shooter? And it's oversimplified, right? Certainly, we know that some shooters have violent video games sort of in the makeup of their media diet. But even that is difficult to prove. But what they have been able to show correlation-wise is that kind of related to what you're talking about, Bob, um, there has seemed to be a correlation. It sort of blunts uh, a kid's ability to have empathy. And not surprisingly, it makes them more aggressive. Because if you spend three hours sitting in front of a screen running around shooting people and your jaw is clenched, it's no surprise that they might come out of the basement and pick on their little sister, which is what we had to deal with with my son. Well, let's face it. Any game that you play, and I'm not even talking about shooters, any game that you play to excess is going to have a bit of a negative impact on you because it will, you know, you were talking about dulling this senses. It can change the way you perceive things. Like, for example... Um, if I'm playing video games, I play all night long, I play all day long, guess what? It changes my perspective, my perception of the world around me. It makes me react to things differently. Am I going to go want to sit down and do something like homework when I can go in and be have all these rewards thrown at me from a right. game? No, I'm not. Mm. I'm going to turn to the game because it, the games are... Because it's instant gratification. Exactly. The games are, are designed to, to give you these dopamine shots and, and rewards as you're yeah. going along. And when you're constantly living on that, it impacts you. You know, you just said playing all night long and that's that's a huge ramification for parents they need to realize keeping these screens out of the bedroom at night is because it's you know all the different studies if anything one thing that anybody who plays video games knows is when you get all amped up on a video game it is hard to go to sleep and a lot of kids that you know if they're tired the next day for a lot of them it's because they stayed up on social media or playing video games the night before but fascinating thing is you talked about you know these studies uh adam and and you know what can they prove and this not one thing i always find fascinating is actually talking to young people about this and asking their opinions and i'd done 
far too many school assemblies, I always end up hanging out with the kids before or after the school assembly because I really want to kind of uh, get to know my audience and see who I'm talking with. And I remember once I actually had was there and I was talking about Grand Theft Auto. That's what I was supposed to be talking about was this. Uh, fun, by the way, to throw an adult up there and talk to these kids about the violence they're playing. <laughs> yeah, see how that one works out. But I was talking and the one-on-one conversations were really rewarding uh, regardless of the uh, assembly. And as I was talking with one kid, I said, I said, hey, so come on, just tell me. I said, what do you think? I, I, when you play Grand the father, you know, I, you heard all the research and it's not, do you think it affects you? And I'll just, I remember this kid and this kid was kind of from a rough neighborhood and, and, uh, very honest, just, you know, and he's all, I got to admit, he goes, and this kid was like probably 16, 17 years old. He goes, you know, when I played all night, you know, he goes, then like, if I have to run to the store or something, he goes, I got to admit, I just feel like driving a little faster. <laughs> And I always remember that he just, he just kind of like, was like, it just, he kind of basically shared that it kind of amped him up and got him kind of pumped up. Yeah. Well, I've said before uh, on this podcast that uh, when I was reviewing the last uh, Grand Theft Auto, that very thing happened to me. And I, as an adult, I got in the car and thought, man, they're going so slow. You know, and I wanted to to speed around them, that sort of thing. And I was just going over to the school to pick somebody up. So it's... um, Yeah, that's really easy to happen, and you don't have to play all night. Yeah. You know, I think our conversation here today has shown that there are some real issues that you and your family may need to navigate, even with something that seems like it may be less problematic. You know, you would think something with a teen rating, ah, you know, how bad could it be? And I don't think how bad could it be is the right question. I think sometimes we approach something like video games with an all or nothing kind of mindset, either "Eh, it's fine or, oh, it's obviously terrible. You can't play that. And the reality is a lot of these games, and I'm not even just talking shooter games, you could probably have a lot of fun and your team can probably have a lot of fun, but there may be issues that you need to navigate. And so as Jonathan was saying earlier, as parents, we've got to be engaged. Right. We need to know what's in the stuff that our kids are consuming entertainment-wise. And then we need to help them set appropriate boundaries. And those boundaries, you know, include what they're playing, how long they're playing it, you know, where they're playing it. And all of those, you know, safety fences create, I think, an opportunity for your kids to enjoy the good stuff that's out there but maybe not be swept into some of the pitfalls that we're talking about. Yeah, and I think the reason why, other than the fact that we're talking about the finals, that we've been talking about shooters in particular, is because uh, they kind of have a unique way of giving you an instant gratification. Yeah. And that they're super simple to pick up compared to other games. It's just Mm. point and click. Mm. Um, And if you successfully point and click, you get an instant gratification. Uh, whether that's the noise of the bullets hitting the person, uh, and the, which they the usually amp up, down. or you get like, yeah. or you get like a, a, a kill streak, and you get all these rewards for doing so, um, and so you get a lot of quick gratification out of that. And I think that is probably one of the bigger reasons why, in terms of gaming content, shooter games tend to not only have a huge market and audience, but also tend to leave people playing all night long as opposed to a lot of other games because there's just constant dopamine. Yeah. And I think that's something that if you're completely fine with shooter games, I I do play a lot of shooter games myself. 
I wondered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you do play the shooter games, I think one of the most important things to commit to is keeping at the very least a screen time limit on okay. yourself because it can be really easy to just sit down, play, and then you look up and it's like, oh, yeah, it's one in the morning. Well, especially if you're playing on a PC yeah. where you're, you're not, and maybe you're in an area where you're not near a clock. Right. It, it can, time can fly. Well, I mean, how many of us, either ourselves or our kids have said, just one more level. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just one more level. Um, and so, yeah, I think, Kennedy, that's a, a great reminder in, in addition to our conversation today. And there's a lot to think about here, but we hope that our conversation today has given you some concrete handholds for this issue in your family as you help your kids navigate the crazy world of video games today. Thanks, guys. Well, in our second segment today, Kristen Smith joins us to talk about a new musician we think you're going to want to know about. She's a new singer named Gracie Abrams, and she's really broken through recently. And I find her story pretty interesting on a couple of levels. But go ahead and tell us all about Gracie Abrams. Yeah, well, she's the daughter of J.J. Abrams. Ah, so if you've seen Star Wars, director which Adam, guy. director guy, Lost, Star right. Trek, all Ooh, the things. I love her already. Of course, yes. Um, <laughs> so she has already like a foot in Hollywood. Yeah, I would call that an unfair advantage. It, it kind of but... is, but that's okay. Um, but she also headlined for Taylor Swift on the Ares tour. Okay. Um, and so she she sounds like Taylor. Um, she writes a little bit like Taylor. <laughs> so if you listen to her music, um, the song we're talking about today, I Know It Won't Work, is the title. I'm not saying it's not going to work. But anyway, that um, that song, when it opens, it sounds like something off of Taylor Swift's album, uh, Evermore. Yep. As I was listening to this song, I was I was just listening to Taylor in the background, really, of my right. mind of like, anyway, comparing the two. But the track, it is good. I mean, she's a good writer. Uh-huh. The, she's a good singer. Um, she really is talking about a, a boyfriend who she dated for five years. Um and they're no more, but he has kind of made it known that he'll wait for her. And that's not something that she wants. Um, and the pressure, she can feel that pressure mm. uh, in her life. And so she's trying to move forward and wishing that he would too, um, while, you know, reminiscing about the past. So, mm. yeah. You know, it's funny as you talk about that, all of the girls I ever told that I would wait for them, they had no problem moving forward. <laughs> I just, I just, they did not feel any pressure whatsoever. They didn't feel that pressure. Yeah. Well. Okay. My, my biographical joking aside, I think the interesting thing about Gracie is mm-hmm. it feels like Taylor Swift 2.0, as yes. you've already said, but yes. to me, it demonstrates the influence of somebody like Taylor that you now have a new generation of singers coming along kind of imitating her whole deal. Is that a fair statement? Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And the thing is, is that even though she does sound like her, her lyrics sound like Taylor. She sounds enough like her that if you run the songs back to back, it'll take you a second to realize, oh, that's not Taylor Swift. Um, But she does have her own flair. And so I could say the same thing about Olivia Rodrigo and all these people that are coming out. They have kind of this similar sound, but they're their own person. Yeah, I think so. You know, if a family has young daughters Mm -hmm. who are interested in Gracie or Mm -hmm. Taylor, uh, there's a lot to talk about here, yeah. but I but I think that the worldview tends to be wrapped around romantic relationships yes. in general. Mm-hmm. How would you speak to that, Kristen, just about how we help our kids navigate 
the stories that these young women are telling because they have a lot of influence. Yeah, I mean, I think some of them, like this song that we're talking about today, I think they there's a lot of validity yeah. in, in some of the, the things that she's saying. I mean, as I was listening to it, it made me think of prior relationships. And so I can relate to that. Yep. Um, and I think there are other girls that can relate to that as well. And so in that respect, it's fine. But there was no profanity on this song. But especially with Taylor, with Olivia Rodrigo, yep. you're now mixing um, the message that you know, sex whenever is fine mm-hmm. and profanity mixed in with that is also totally normal and harsh profanity at that. Yep. Um, and so I can't really speak too much to Gracie Abrams. Um, this song, like I said, doesn't, but uh, some of her stuff does. Um, and that's kind of becoming the norm. Right. And so I think talking about your worldview as a family, like what we believe, what does the Bible say um, that always should happen, but it's also okay. Like we don't need to discredit the story that's being told, right? especially because there's validity to it. No, I think that's exactly right. And I think the power with these musicians is not only do they write good songs, but they're good storytellers. They are. And I confess that my daughter and I were listening to Taylor Swift on the way to work this morning. (laughs) And I was thinking about her artistry from the perspective of being a writer. You know, we write, we write reviews. And yes, we want to try to write reviews that are accurate, but we also try to draw you in with the way mm-hmm. we communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the strength of Gracie Abrams, of Taylor Swift, is they're telling a story in a way that invites us in. And as you were saying, yeah. it gives us a chance to identify with it. And yeah. with all stories, there may be parts of that story where we need to help our kids unpack yeah. why are you identifying with this? And maybe that's a good thing. And maybe you're identifying with things that, wow, we maybe need to tap the brakes on that a little bit. And age matters. You know? Absolutely. And so if I if I had a teenager or even a, 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 I don't know, an older daughter who was like young. A tween. A tween, I don't know. And she was relating to something like this. Like I didn't really feel like I related to this until probably about like 17, 18. Yeah. Um, but I related to it. Yep. And so if you're talking about your nine or 10 year old, that's not really. Not where you want to be. Yeah, it's not really where you want to be. But as a 16, 17, 18-year-old, these are conversations that it's okay to have. Yeah, I think so. And you'll probably create a bond, you know, as you're talking through this. Exactly. And I think as we so often talk about here on the Plugged In show and in our reviews at Plugged In, it is about conversation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially when our kids are younger, the conversation is simple. Yes. (laughs) No, (laughs) we're not listening to that. Yeah. But as they move through their teen years, I think you know, understanding what they're identifying with enables us to, I think, shape and influence our children's perspective on reality. Yeah. Because I think if all we ever say is no, Mm. then they sort of shut the door to those conversations. So it's an evolving thing. There's not a one size fits all answer. Yeah. Um, I think with this genre, there's some things to be aware of and Mm -hmm. maybe beware of. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we also shouldn't be surprised as our daughters move through their teen years, that they're going to connect with some of these things yeah, too. I agree. All right. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. Well, now it's time for a segment we call Name That Movie, wherein each of us has to give a fun or maybe slightly exaggerated description in a sentence or two of a movie, and the rest of us have to guess what it is. And, you know, we're talking about video games today, so I thought, hey, hey let's uh, let's do a video game version. You bet. Bob, do you want to go first? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, an anthropomorphized dude 
is so irritated by the things of life that he has to go to therapy, but then realizes that he can use his anger issues to fly in the face of invaders. It's not Wreck-It Ralph. No? No. To fly in the fly face. Fly in the face of invaders. Well, that that, that seems clue. like, what's that, Pixels? That Adam Sandler movie? Nope, nope. Uh, let me give you another one. Another little clue. Fly in the face of boorish invaders. Boorish invaders. <laughs> Inva- it's a, lo- it's invaders. a lovely word, but it's not helping me. Invaders that are swine. Oh, oh, Angry Birds. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, boor- yeah. Oh, oh, there you, you go. I was thinking boorish, B-O-O, not yeah, yeah, B-O-A-R. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jonathan, what you got for us? Okay. She's adventurous. She's smart. She's definitely pretty, but she tends to like to explore dead spaces. Hmm. This isn't. I think I dated this her. This isn't alien. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Uh, is this I'm alien? The video game. I'm thinking of the video game theme here with these movies. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. He said yeah. dead space, and that's a video game. I know it is, but <laughs> it I, is. I, was, I was trying space. to mislead uh, there a little uh, bit. Oh, oh. What, what is what is a dead oh. space? What is a is dead that Laura space? Croft? Laura Croft. Yeah, there that you go. Tomb, Tomb Raider. Raider. Yeah. I like it, Kennedy. Yeah, um, let me go. This movie explores the hopeful story of an actor known for always playing a villainous role, struggling against a society that tells him that's what he actually is. Well, that's Wreck-It Ralph, isn't that it? That is no. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, really? Yes. I, I thought it was Free Guy. Isn't that, wasn't that the name of it? Yeah. Last Action Free Hero. Guy. Last Action oh. Hero. Actually, most movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a bad guy. You have to be a bad guy. I don't want to be a bad guy. I'm actually a pretty good guy. I may be a bad guy, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the line from the movie. All right. That's awesome. Well, if you've ever wondered, I wonder what it would be like to ride the coolest motorcycle I have ever seen inside a video game, this movie gives you a picture Tron. what that looks like. Yep, Tron. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the light cycles. Cause yeah. remember how remember how like that movie, I mean in the eighties everybody's like, it's like yeah. going inside a video game. I mean, yep. people were very curious about yep. Tron. Yeah. Yep. And it's a movie weirdly enough that yeah, it's from the eighties, but it I saw it recently and it's held up pretty well. I mean the premise is Master still Control. Master control program. <laughs> well, exactly. the, the light cycles in the new uh, Tron were really cool too, and with uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie and the Legend of Zelda one that's coming out, this—I mean, Tron can get a new one out if they there want. You go. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining me today, and thank you for those of you who are listening today. As always, we hope that the conversations we've had have equipped and challenged you in some way to think about your entertainment and technology choices as a family. And we would love to hear what you think about the conversations today. How is your family navigating the realm of video games? We would love to hear from you. And here's how you can let us know what you think. If you go to thepluggedinshow.com, you can leave us a voicemail. Yes, a voicemail with your answer to that question. And we might just include it on a future show or reach out to us at 
team at thepluggedinshow.com. And of course, you can catch us on Facebook and Instagram. We also think that one focus on the family's books, Parenting Generation Screen, could be a great resource for you and your family. It's written by Jonathan McKee. And today, for a gift of any amount, we would love to send a copy to you. And you'll find information on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us this week at The Plugged In Show. We know you have lots of ways that you could spend your time. So thanks for joining us. And we look forward to joining you again next week on The Plugged In Show. God wants true disciples, ones that think like him, talk like him, walk like him, disciples that bring shalom to the chaos of this world. Pursue that path with the RVL Discipleship Series. Bible scholar Ray Vanderlaan will give you the tools to understand the Bible more deeply and inspire you to be a passionate follower of Christ. Watch the first episode at rvldiscipleship.com.